Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. And hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. You know, I just listened to that recording, that intro, and I and it goes in her new co-host. And I don't even have a co-host. Like, I haven't had a co-host since I started. <laughs> I think I had one for a little while, a couple weeks or something. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I have some really great news for you and some bad news for you. If you live in Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Boston, Miami, Toronto, Seattle, Atlanta, or Dallas, ah, then tomorrow on August the 11th, mark your calendar, it's Free Cone Friday. And on this day... Users can select the Uber ice cream option on their app and have free ice cream, a free ice cream cone actually delivered to their door. Can you imagine that? And the ice cream trucks that will be distributing the sweet treats will be serving them in a reusable silicone cone. So if you keep your cone, you can then bring it to any participating McDonald's for a free refill every Friday until September 22nd. Now, let me tell you. Let me ask you, let me just say, you know what? This was a really dumb week for me to start paleo. <laughs> That's all I can say. What a, what a goofball I am. Today, we have a returning guest. David W. Berner is back with us. He, You might remember he hails from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where he began his work as a broadcast journalist and a writer. He moved to Chicago to work as a radio reporter and news anchor for CBS Radio and later pursued a career as a writer and educator. He is also an award-winning author of Accidental Lessons, Any Road Will Take You There, There's a Hamster in the Dashboard, the novel Night Radio, and his newest memoir, October Song. Well, this book starts off with David is actually also a songwriter because he, well, I'm going to let him tell you what he did. Let's welcome David to the show and we'll get started on his journey. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Can I be your home co-host today then? Yeah, you you're my co-host today. Yeah, be my co-host. That'd be cool. I'll, you, <laughs> I'll interview you. You can interview me. However, <laughs> however, it's gonna do. Yeah, th- this book. I mean, night music has been a really big part of your life because I remember, you know, I, I had you on. We were talking about your book, Night Move, Night Radio. Um, as a yeah. young boy, you know, you and as a DJ and a radio, like music is a big, big deal for you, and and it continues to be a big deal as you hit, you know, you're striding towards sixty, and you know. I think my, my husband has a T-shirt that said, because he's 61 now, and it says, you know, uh, I'm lucky because I got to see all the great bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? he's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is it? What is it about music and, and that, that just really turns your crank? Well, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid, when I would listen to the radio, um, you know, back when all those great bands were playing regularly, um, you know, I was enamored by it. I was, you know, I, it was the, you know, the, the kind of coin of cliche, I guess. It was a, it was the soundtrack of my life at that time, and I think that's true for a lot of people in the late mm-hmm. '60s and early '70s. So, um, I, I became just enamored with their lifestyle, with their, with their approach, with. 
I've never been, you know, super good at it, but I've I've always been enough to carry a tune and play in a couple bands and that kind of stuff, but nothing that was major. Um, but it was just kind of fun, and it was a way to express myself. And as a young man, you know, I really didn't know how else to do that. I thought that, you know, this is the, the way of the world right now. Music was such a big part of that time. So it became sort of my way of expressing myself, and it, it continues to be that way. That's a good way to get girls, too. <laughs> that, walk around, that walking around a golden retriever, I found it. That yeah. Look at you around a golden retriever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. But, but yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't my, you know, complete motivation, but maybe it was a, you know, like a, a little side thing there. But it was, it certainly was a, a big part of my life then. It waned a few times, you know, as I got older, but it always, there always was the threat of music through there. Yeah. I mean, October's song, you know, definitely is a story of your life. And, and yet, you know, even though you have a mean, a mean female character in that book, there are songs, and you, and you mentioned the girls, you know, the Willie Nelsons, right? The girls who came before <laughs> through those songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. We, you know, I guess we all have, have uh, music that's important to, you know, the times of our life. And they bring back so many memories when a, when a song pops up on the radio. You go, oh, yeah, I remember oh, that. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine the people sure. in the 2000s too much having that, but <laughs> not much there. Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, the, the fact that you brought up all those, you know, past girlfriends or whoever they may have been in my life, you know, I, I you know, how can you forget those people? I mean, you can put them aside, uh, but mm-hmm. they're, they're part of your life. They're part of the fabric. And, you know, to just, kind of dismiss them is uh, really not facing facts i think so you know um it's, I agree. it's part of me i mean yeah uh, it doesn't mean that where you are now it doesn't mean that you're longing for them or pining for them in some way it's just a part of your life so yeah they helped shape you or gave you a kick in yeah. the butt or whatever they did they broke your heart whatever it was there that's how come you are who you are today probably and, and that's a good thing yeah and male or female yeah. throughout your life, right? Really, everybody oh, that you meet, that, that was had a had a moment for you. I guess. Right. And so I, as I, a writer, where, you know, yeah, 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 Sorry. absolutely. Sorry. Go back. What were you saying? Uh, I, I was just saying that you know that's kind of the the theme of the of the of the book of October Song is that it, you know, there was this one incident where I entered a songwriting contest and got named a finalist by happenstance really i didn't really expect it and we that moment in time that little trip that we took just brought back a flood of of what these things mean to people uh what music means what past lives mean what past loves mean what past uh, you know moments in your life and and uh that's what the song is really about about uh, the, the song and the, the whole entire book is about sort of do you, do you think that your dreams are over, whatever those dreams may be, when you start mm-hmm. to get older? But you know, necessarily, it, it doesn't mean that. Um, and that's where the, the book is certainly about my life, but I think it could be about anybody's life who kind of stops and takes a look back at it. Um, Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. Think, you know, I mean, I, I, nine years old, I sent away for these records, you know, to be a broadcaster. I wanted to be on the radio. And, you know... I don't know, 40 some odd years, 50 years later, here you're on the radio. And it doesn't, like dreams, they don't die. 
you know, sometimes they're not realized, but they don't die. And then at some point they come back and, and they say, hey, you know what? Make me make me real. Make me real. And for you, I mean, you entered this songwriting contest. You have a guitar that you've had for 25 years, a Yamaha, right? You're play, you know, you noodle around on your guitar a lot. And and as a writer, you get stuff in your emails. And, and this email came in for a writing competition. But it was a songwriting competition. And you thought, well, right. I got a couple songs. You got a song for your girlfriend, and you had a song that you had written for your boys, and you entered both of those right. songs. I did. Which one did and, you think would um, win, really? Well, I actually really thought the song for the girlfriend, who's now my fiance, I, nice. I would. I, I really thought I really thought that was going to be the one, and the name of that song is "Under the Moon," and I thought that was it. But I put the other one in there because I always kind of liked it, and I had written that song several years before I entered this contest. And, you know, I really hadn't thought about it much until the songwriting contest come up, and I, I put them both in there. Well, to answer your question, uh, I remember calling Leslie, who the main character of the story is, and telling her that I, you know, was named a finalist. And I said, that's the good news. But the bad news is they didn't pick your song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, picked, they picked the other one. So, um, so, so did she say, write a better quote. song for me? Knowing <laughs> <laughs> her, she might have said that, yeah. But um, we, we, you know, we, I was reluctant to go uh, to this. I was named a finalist, and I had to go to this venue, which is uh, just outside of, of uh, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. And I was, um, I, I, I was asked to come there and be a finalist, and the whole idea was to play it live in front of an audience and the judges and the whole deal. So it's a fairly well-known music venue in that area. So. Um, it was kind Lovingston, is that what it's called? Lovingston? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and it's um, it's Dave Matthews' country. Dave Matthews is from I that area. I love Dave Matthews' band. It's my favorite. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It's a, it's, there were some rumors that he had once played there, but I was never able to confirm that. But anyway, yeah. we um, we it was a pretty big deal, and there were people from the area and all over the country. There was somebody from California there. So there were 30 finalists? There were 30 of us, yeah, and only 29 showed up. The 30th one never showed up. I wonder how many um, submissions they have. Did you know how many submissions? Well, I don't know for sure, but my understanding is, from what I was able to gather just talking to people, is that there were hundreds. Now, I don't know if that means 700 or 200, but wow. there, there certainly were hundreds. Yeah, so. Um, I can tell you, you inspired me to send in two of my husband's songs. <laughs> Why not? Let's see. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not going to send my but, song, though, because it's not going to win. <laughs> no, yeah. See, well, see, yeah, that's, what, that's where you are. you're probably wrong, because I thought for sure Under the Moon was going to be the winner in this. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was the other one, uh, um, A Better Day. So yeah. I... He also has a I, song you know, called Les A Better Day. Funny. Yeah, right. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. So Leslie... But uh, I wasn't going to put that one in either. <laughs> but, so, so you guys decide... You know, you and your now fiance decide you're going to go. And you didn't want to go. She goes, no, no, you got to go. You got to go. And right. we got a minute to, to our commercial break. But you're starting a road trip now. Now it's becoming an event. Now it's something exactly. that's kind of fun. Yeah. And we decided to drive. It was about 500 miles, I think, 600 miles or so. And uh, I live in Chicago. So, um, and we How many days we, did you give yourself? It. Well, we drove as far as uh, Charlottesville, uh, um, and then we stayed there overnight, and then we drove to Lovingston, which is only like 45 minutes south of there. Um, uh, but so we, but 
like, yeah, we decided to just knock it out, you know, and, and uh, it, it worked out really well. I and mean, it uh, really did. And again, I was reluctant to go. I thought this was kind of a crazy whim. But let's okay, well, I'm going to stop you right there. It's a little bit of a cliffhanger because we are going to go to commercial break. <laughs> Sure. No so problem. what happens when David gets to Lovingston? Ooh, okay. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Frankie Sensen more. No, we're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sensen more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's words you never heard. Big girls don't cry, right? According to a recent Wall Street Journal article by Dennis Nishi, there's a stigma attached to turning on the waterworks at the office. 61% of men who reported crying at work cited personal reasons, an illness in the family, the death of a pet is the catalyst, while 58% of women said it was something that happened at work, being unfairly blamed or criticized. Men are like mascara. They run at the first sign of hubba-boo. That's another word for crying. What's the word for the fear of intense emotion? Zellophobia. Women may have a better excuse for crying than men, as females have higher levels of prolactin, which encourages the production of tears, making it easier to be known as a lacrimist, or someone who cries at the drop of a hat. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Eating meatless meals is gaining more and more popularity. You don't have to vow to be a vegetarian either. Vegetarians eat only plant-based foods, and they generally eat fewer calories and less fat. They weigh less and have lower cholesterol levels than do non-vegetarians. They follow a diet which emphasizes fruits and vegetables, grains, beans and legumes, and nuts. It's rich in fiber vitamins and other nutrients if being a vegetarian is not for you do what i do and incorporate vegetarian habits into your life every week i serve two to three meatless meals at home to my family a national cancer institute study found that those who ate four ounces of red meat or more daily were 30 percent more likely to die of any cause over 10 years than those who consumed less for the fitness minute i'm annette hammond Hey, guys, don't forget to order your ice cream tomorrow. Uh, it's Frankie Sensenmore. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. My guest today is David W. Burner, and his book is October Song, and we're talking about that. He was a finalist in a songwriting competition. He never expected to even be mentioned, I guess. Uh, and, and here he's about to take an adventure with his girlfriend, and he was thinking himself, this old guy, you know, what am I doing? Why should I drive 500 miles? But his girl's like, no, come on, let's do it. Take it from here, Dave. Yeah, I, yeah, I give her a, a lot of credit because I'm not sure this would have happened. Um, so we decide to go, and uh, we, we get in the car, and we take off, and uh, we really don't know what we're getting into other than, you know, we looked up a little bit about the venue. And uh, and we really, I didn't know what to really expect. I hadn't played in front of people, uh, in front of an audience, you know, a yeah. real audience, just at a party for probably 20 years oh so wow were your hands shaking at all were you nervous uh, i would i would tell you i was a little nervous but i but i was okay with it it was that kind of good nerves if you know what i mean yeah um, so i i really wasn't expecting to go and didn't think that i would go but there's a great line uh bob dylan's song i'm, I'm 
I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. Yeah. Um, I think that fits exactly the way uh, it turned out to be. I I forgot um, that I was an older man with a you know with kids at home and those kinds of things, and decided it was time to be young again. And um, you know, I so think a lot of us feel like that, David. You know, we before until we yeah. look in the mirror. <laughs> And in our heads, we're like what? those 20-year-olds, right? And then you look in the mirror and you go, where did that old guy come from? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, um, young, um, talented uh, musicians out there that are writing some wonderful music right now. This and, um, you know, I, I just didn't think that I was in that ilk um, ah. at the time. So, But it, it, it worked how we went. And, uh, you know, we got to the competition and, Walked in and it was a great place. Uh, it's called uh, Rapunzel's. Some people may know it. It's a big old place with a, um, you know, it's got a nice little bar and but it's a big venue. There's you know, probably a couple hundred people could That's fit awesome. in the venue. Well, I'm going to yeah, take you back so, to your road trip because you guys were driving through Virginia and you had, you said that you had lived near there and you knew what to expect, but it actually was a beautiful drive. I think that you weren't expecting the countryside to look as pretty right. as it was and to have the wineries that you went to. Oh, yeah. I had, um, you know, I'd grown up in Pennsylvania, so I was used to mountains and hills, mm-hmm. um, but I had forgotten, I had really forgotten how beautiful West Virginia is for one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I also I I hadn't been to Virginia in oh my well that part of Virginia I never was in but uh, I was more near uh, Norfolk and um, like Nagshead and that kind of stuff so uh, that part of Virginia I'd never been to and this was October and it was a phenomenal landscape uh, Virginia is gorgeous yeah and, it sounds um, beautiful you made me want to take a road trip. I didn't know that there were wineries there, and there's a big history with that, with Thomas Jefferson bringing wine from France, grapes from France mm, over. From Monticello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, I knew that there was some connection, but I didn't know that they had sort of spawned all these wineries, and uh, it was it was phenomenal. And the wineries were very good and very, you know, we went to a few of them, and we had some time before the show, um, and uh, it was really an incredible trip in that way so if you're thinking about a little road trip virginia is a really nice place but i i it was really funny because like you talked about how you hate to be you know late for anything you like to be on time even before on time and you go and you ask for directions and three people send you in two different directions <laughs> I mean, it's like hello yeah. like where do i go again <laughs> you thought we were well this part of virginia is i mean you're in the mountains and it's, it's little pockets of wineries, with little pockets of town. But it's kind of the it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. If you're a real city person, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And um, you know, we thought we were going the right way. And I pulled into a little convenience store, and I got you know the fingers pointing in three different directions um, yeah. about Turn which way we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and we we could got we could get no cell coverage on the phones, pull up Google Maps or anything like that. So uh, we had to go back to old school maps, and um, and we, we figured it out, but it was a little worrisome, I have to admit, because they said if you weren't there on time, you know, sorry. Um, yeah, wow. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah. you know, you're not going to so, drive 500 miles and then go, oops, <laughs> you can't play, yeah, you're a minute late, that was, that was sorry. 
that would have been, that would have been awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we did, you know, we did get there, um, but we did get there just under the, uh, just under the, uh, the clock. So um, there was an and, issue, uh, like, I guess they issued ballots to everybody. Everybody got to vote in the audience. And then were there judges that also got to vote? Or was it just all yeah, audience? The, uh, well, the judges voted, but I think the judges had more weight. Um, and, and they should have. I mean, these were uh, people who ran recording studios. and right. I mean, these were people that had some merit, yeah. So, um, you know, they, they certainly should have more weight. And, you know, you, you can... You can stuff a ballot box when you've got a lot of friends in the audience. So oh, yeah, you know, exactly. Kind of so, and so, I mean, what I, was the I grand could, prize? The grand prize was a recording contract um, nice. that the studio Rapunzel's was part of. So you would get some studio time, and they would uh, press a press a CD for you. So um, you know that was part of it. Uh, that was the big prize. Um, and um, and would they put know, a band I, in there I, with I, you too? No, it was, it was me and my guitar. Yeah. Um, and you could, you could, but if you wanted to do the recording, you could bring anybody you wanted. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, what I meant. Could you record with a, or they, do they have studio right. musicians there? Yeah, but I, I wasn't, um, you know, I, I didn't have my eye on the prize. Um, no. I really did not consider winning. I didn't, I, I, I honestly did not think of that. Um, I just said, I'm going to go, I'm going to play the best I can on this song. I'm going to enjoy this trip and, uh, enjoy the experience. And I, and I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to believe that. I think a lot of people go into anything like this and say, oh, I'm going to try to win. Well, I, I just never really thought about it. Um, oh, okay, David. So what, give us the premise of the song. The song is, is like, where did it come from? We're going to play it in just a sec. Well, I was, uh, I was very lucky a few years ago to be. Uh, honored, really, to be accepted as a, a writer in residence at the uh, Jack Kerouac Project in Orlando, his home in Orlando, which I got to stay in for three months. Um, and I stayed there, and I, that's where I wrote any road. That's where I finished any road. Hits you, know, take you there. And uh, I took my guitar along, obviously, where I had three months down there, and uh, wrote some songs. I wrote this particular song uh, that was selected uh, to my two sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are now in their 20s. Uh, one of them was still in high school at the time, I believe. Um, and uh, they, they had been through their own troubles, which is, you know, I won't get into all that, but it was, not you know, a couple of health issues and some struggles through high school and that kind of thing. Not, not too unlike a lot of other people, really. Sure. Um, but I, I wanted to write something about, to them, saying, you know, there is a better day. It's... It, you're going to look back at this time, and it's all going to be okay. And um, so I wrote the song to it. It's called "To a Better Day, A Better Day. And I, I really thought that uh, it was special for me. I, I don't think that they ever actually heard the song until... Well, uh, they can hear it. Yeah, well, I guess they heard it after. We're going to play it right now. Let's play the song, and we'll talk about it after. Because sure. I don't want to miss our commercial. Go ahead, Ben, sure. please. Silence cries from a weighted heart It is all this day is left for you 
inside man's deepest dream Far from all that is true Building county melody and harmony that's melody There's a light on the western sky setting day has left its mark Just love that song. What a great song, David. I appreciate that. It was uh, recorded in a very crude way. It wasn't done in a recording studio. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's just me and a guitar. And, it, and that's kind of what the competition wanted. They wanted to hear the song. They didn't yeah. want to hear uh, the musicians. They wanted I mean, it's a really the- good song. The transitions, the bridge to the bridge to the chorus, like really, really, you know, really, really great. Um not everybody can do that, and it's a, it's a memorable song. You know, it's a memorable wow. song, and I could I could hear it. I, I, it like it's on the tip of my tongue who it sounds like, and I can't think of who it is. We're gonna go to commercial break. Maybe I'll be able to figure it out. But there's something oh, about it. Not that you copied anybody. We're gonna go to commercial. Frankie Sensenmore, my host, Frankie right. Picasso, David Albert, David W. Burner. Oh, sorry, is my guest, and we will be right back. No, we're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, 
try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel soup. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When eating out, sushi is a wise choice. The Mayo Clinic says that most types of seafood are relatively low in calories and are full of nutritional benefits. The calories in sushi vary depending on the dish and how it's prepared. In fact, the same sushi dish may have a different nutritional profile when it's prepared by a different chef or made in a certain restaurant. This depends on the specific mix of ingredients. Generally though, sushi can be included in a healthy eating plan. To reduce the calories in your sushi meal, avoid anything prepared with mayonnaise or added sauce. Begin your meal with low calorie soup. Pass over the shrimp tempura rolls and choose the cucumber rolls instead. Be sure to order the sushi without any rice at all, because one cup of cooked white rice has about 240 calories. I'm Annette Hammond. And we're back. Wasn't that a great song, guys? Didn't you love it? Is it for sale, David? Uh, I've never single. put it on I, I... <laughs> Record that and sell the single, really. It's a great song. Uh, well, that's very nice of you to say. I uh, I have a friend who has a, 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 did some work in a recording studio, a couple friends, actually, and I've always thought about maybe my son plays the drums, one of my sons. Yeah, uh, I play drums, too. It'd be kind of fun to do. So someday. Maybe. I really No, I'm not just saying that because you're my guest. I'm saying that because it's a damn good song. It really is. Well, that's very nice of you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it'd be it may, good. It I think a lot of people would like to have it in their library. I would. Wow. Well, and I do. Maybe so. it'll be on iTunes. <laughs> anyway, but October song is not just about writing a song. It's about a burgeoning relationship. And, you know, you guys are in your 50s and people think, oh, you know, it's all over. But it's not over. Being in your 50s is not over. Love doesn't end at a certain age. And no, and no. so how long had you been going out at this point? You. And your um, friend. When we when we took off for that trip, we were um, geez. Now that I think of it, uh, she's gonna she's gonna hate me because I have terrible times and dates. Uh, but I think it was less than a year. Um, okay. When we took that trip, yeah. Okay, but yeah. you know, after you played and you know you're at you're, you're having some drinks and it's all exciting, you decide, gee, I think we should move in together. Yeah, uh, I brought that up during the trip, and it was not planned. Uh, we were sitting at a winery and having uh, some, some obviously some wine and some lights, and uh, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was just actually a gorgeous fall day. Uh, so we were sitting outside, and I just said, "So, what do you think about us moving in together? Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, us moving in?" And I think it took her by surprise. In fact, I know it took her by surprise. Um, like, had you guys and talked about, oh, we've both been in relationships before, we've both been married, like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to get married again, or, you know, we let's just keep things like, you know, it's good like it is. Like, had you been talking like that, well, or? I think, I think we had talked a little bit about it. Um, we certainly had known each other's relations. Uh, we, they, she certainly knew about my, my past uh, wife and my girlfriends. I'm still very 
I don't want to speak for her, but I know for sure that she was a little, it was a little strange for her to have someone in her life who had had good relationships with past girls. Unsettling. Women. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. My ex well, comes from well, Thanksgiving. You know what that's about then. And it, yeah, it's, uh, I know exactly you know, what it is. Yeah, and, and it's not like I don't want them. Oh no, thanks. But it's it's you know there's there's a continuity about it. There is a friendship at some point, right? You have kids, and and it makes it easier for the kids sometimes too. Not that mine are young, but you know just they don't have to go to two different places. And I can be a mature adult and and have him in my home with his girlfriend, and who cares, right? No big deal. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I get a lot of people who are bristled uh, when I hear that, when I tell them. I mean, we, we have, um, Marie is my ex-wife, and she's coming to our wedding. Good. So, um, yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's fine. It's fine by me, and I think Leslie's become more comfortable with it, although yeah. her past was very different than mine. Her relationships were not all that great. Um, oh yeah, my ex again, is like that too. He didn't even want to mention his wife's name, and she's very nice. I've met her. I've been in, you know, when the kids had kids and whatever, and she's wonderful. Like I don't, but to him, she's like you know the demon, and don't mention her. I can't have her you know be around her. And I'm like that's ridiculous, but I get it. I I, I get it. Yeah, I I totally get it, and I respect it immensely. Um, yeah, and I understand her feeling about it, but but it's it's you know, for me, it's I I can't throw people away. You know, oh, that's people are—they just—they just can't. I mean, they've been part of my life in some way. I throwing them away seems wrong to me. Yeah, so, I mean, anyway. we do grow out of relationships. We grow out of you know relationships in in the way that they might be, but not necessarily doesn't mean that they're bad people. They, the exactly. the relationship changes in tone, right? Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. so there's a moment in the book where where that that surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're taking um, her, you're going to take her to meet, you, she's already met your younger son, and he's cool, right? He's cool, that he's, he's like laid back and cool. Uh, oh, let's talk about, let's talk about the Red Rock concert, because <laughs> I don't know why you did this to her, but you took her to Colorado to, to see a concert, and for some reason you decided yeah. she should get high, but you were going to abstain, because you were the driver, yeah. I don't know why you abstain. So you take her Colorado, of course, everybody knows it's, you know, pot friendly and you can go buy whatever. So she's going to have an edible. And, right. you know, my understanding of edibles is that they can take a long time to start. And, they, and once they do, they're with you for four to eight hours. And and yeah, so, you know, you were advised, just take a little, little bit. And, and so she did. And then tell us what happened. Well, we're at the concert, and she took a little bit prior to that, and then uh, she had, an, had another bite, and then she leaned back, and she looked at me during the opening act and said, I really don't feel anything. And I said, well, let's give it a little time. So a little time passed. I gave her a little bit more. Well, when it hit, it hit like a ton of bricks. Um, she became, you know, there's that weed paranoia that people mm-hmm. know about. That um, she It hit her to the point where she was rattled. Um, you know, she didn't want to be, she grabbed my arm and she said, please don't leave. And I said, what if I get you something to eat? No, 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 you can't leave. So she, it really hit her heart. And, um, you know, I felt bad about it, but, um, it, it's just one of those things. And, uh, you know, when we were leaving, we kind of left a little early because she was really paranoid. Wow. Um, so we decided to 
decided to leave early. Well, we got there in a hurry, and we parked quickly. We were both on the phone. We got out of the car. She's a realtor, a real estate agent. So she was on the phone with a client, which seemed to happen every time we go away somewhere. She's in the middle of a deal. So uh, we, she was on the phone. I was on the phone with my son, and we'd forgotten where we had parked. And if you know anything about Red Rocks, yeah, it's, it's impossible to find your car if you parked on the road somewhere. So we left early. Well, we could not remember where the car was. And that became a real crazy experience, uh, which is outlined in the book with lost mm-hmm. keys, with uh, <laughs> You back. lost your keys, too. That was crazy. So here you're trying to get this woman out of there. You can't find your car. You don't have keys. You know, somebody's trying to help you, but wow. So you end up getting it towed. And I, and I, and I had abstained. I was straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were straight. <laughs> And I was the one who lost the keys, couldn't find the car, uh, you know, so. So how long did your paranoia last? Uh, probably until the next morning. Oh, my she, gosh, um, that poor girl. She was rattled, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, know, you know, Leslie is a very slight, very fit woman. And my son, who knows a little about weed, uh, my younger son, said, Dad. What did you have to eat before this? And I said, Well, we had like a hummus wrap or something. He went, No, 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 no. You got to eat fat. You got to eat food. You got to have yeah. something. Well, that was part of it. Yeah. We had done hiking, so we were all, you know, we had exerted ourselves. And it was just not the right time. It was not the right setup. And it was um, like her, her favorite but, band or something that you went to see? Uh, well, we went to see uh, Iron and Wine. If you know anything about Iron and Wine, um, they are it's just wonderful music. They're a great songwriter, Sam Bean. And, uh, you know, he was there playing uh, a solo act. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was really special. He's a wonderful songwriter. And um, it was, you know, one of her favorite uh, musicians. And it just, uh, <laughs> we had to leave early. Um, but the, the trip back to Denver and that whole experience is outlined in the book, and it's, it's, I think a lot of people will relate, even if you've not partaken mm-hmm. uh, in marijuana in any way. I think you can still relate to this sort of nightmarish experience, and it really was. And um, basically, when it was all over, we were going to the airport the next day, I turned to her and said, well, if we can get through this, we probably can get through anything without really getting mad at each other, because we never got upset uh, at each other. Right, um, and, and and I I really felt after that experience that we had locked ourselves to each other. I really believe that we we knew that we were going to be okay. Um, so I I really thought that that experience, as crazy as it was, as unnerving as it was, uh, well, it's really about trust. Her. You know, she she learned she could trust you in a bad situation. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So, and and yeah. and you <laughs> saw a different side of her. But you still stuck it out, so that's great. Yeah, there was one point there where she she honestly believed I was going to throw her off the cliff at Rock River. Oh, my gosh, she, eh? She was so, everything around her was heightened to the point of uh, almost hysteria. It was it was pretty pretty unnerving. Yeah. Yeah, pretty so scary. Wow. So you get back home, and, and things are okay. And you're starting to to get ready to move in. You're starting to yeah, get rid of stuff. Started, yeah, we started to have that conversation, and then I started to kind of rethink where I was in my creative life, and that's the part, really the second part of the book. 
um, about, you know, where are you in your life now at, at, at an older age? And do you want to just, you know, call it quits with your creative life? Or do you want to, do you find that this new experience is just the start of a whole new chapter? Um, and I think that's the part that a lot of people can relate to is like, you know, if you, if you always thought you wanted to write a book or you always thought you wanted to write a song, or you always thought you wanted to, you know, do community theater or whatever it may be in a creative life field, paint, sculpt, whatever, and you kind of stop like at 55 and you say, you know, well, you know, that didn't happen. Well, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that there is a new place and maybe now is the time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that was the part of it, uh, the part of the book that I think, at least what readers have told me, has resonated the most in that it uh, it makes people really reconsider. And I don't and I don't mean to imply that I had all the answers, and I don't mean to imply that this is a sort of how-to book because it's not. But right. um, I, I, no, I, think I agree. You know, because I did write a how-to book <laughs> about midlife, yeah, changing your life in midlife, and. But this is it. This is the metamorphosis. And I think that's actually the midlife crisis or the midlife, you know, change that that, that people are looking for or, or wondering about. And it's really coming into the authentic self and the person that you always wanted to be that society had, you know, let's say almost taken from you or socialized from you or into you or wh however you want to, you know, put it. And here you have an opportunity to, to create the real you, the one that really you know, wants to write a song for Valentine's Day or the real you that really wants to be an author or the real you that's always wanted to paint a, a picture or whatever. And and now is the time that we get to do that. We are going to a commercial break, though. And when we get back, uh, we're going to hear the last the last segment of October Song with David W. Burner. Oh, and look up the copy right now. You can go to David's website. And is it what's your website, David? Triple W dot David W dot com. Exactly. Right. Okay. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is a developmental disorder with symptoms that include hyperactivity, impulsivity, and inattention. While it is said that 9% of school-aged children have ADHD, 4% of adults are also afflicted with the disorder. In children, it can interfere with academic or social performance, and with adults, it can hinder with work and personal relationships. NC State University 
states that exercise is a viable treatment for ADHD. Many studies have indicated that exercise improves cognitive function. Exercise increases dopamine and is an affirming force when it comes to ADHD. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. You know, there's no um, fighting DNA. And throughout the book, there, you know, there's something in the background, David. There, you know, your father, you had a heart attack at the same age as your father. And your father had prostate yeah. cancer. And so you're going for, for tests and you're waiting to hear your results. And that's always in the back of your mind, you know, like. Am I going to die as young as my dad? When am I going to die? Like, am I dying? Like, you know, I don't mean to make light of it, but but it's there, right? Yeah. I mean, we all have stuff. Absolutely. Yep. So, what were your thoughts? Were you were you scared, really, or? Um, you know, you know, when I had the heart attack was very mild, but I caught it at the at the right time, and I have no damage, and I'm all good, and I don't have any restrictions, and it's all a good thing, but. Um, you know, and I never was like a super workout kind of person or anything like that. But you know, I was active like, mm-hmm. that way. But I, I was never uh, was never hardcore about it. Um, but my uh, my dad, you know, they tell me that it's all hereditary. I mean, most of it is. I mean, the doctors told me that, and uh, even when they told me that when I had had it and my dad had had it at the same age, the doctor looked at me and goes, "You know, it has nothing to do with how many steaks or martinis you had." Because apparently this is all hereditary to you because your cholesterol was reasonably good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it was just one of those things. And being scared, may, oh, certainly a little bit, like I didn't know what was going to happen. But I, I have found when I've gotten older that I don't get as worried or frightened about these kinds of things as I would have when I was maybe 30 or 40. Right. Um, I, I, I think just um, understanding that, you know, not catastrophizing, uh, and I and I think that's how I approached it. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why I fell into that and became very comfortable with the fact that I had something to be, you know, be looked at and concerned about and take note of. Um, but you know, you've got a you've got a woman who's now your fiance, and you know, you're looking forward to a future with her. So yeah. you know, you want to be good, and and she also had you know, a cancer in her background. And, and so you need to be, you both want to be healthy for one another. Exactly. And and my son, my older son had had some, and my younger son too, both had some health issues along the way. And all of that, you know, you're like, okay, these people, meaning Leslie and my son Casey, were my heroes. They were mm-hmm. people who had overcome immense issues. Uh, and I'm like, well, hell, I mean, I just had a mild heart attack. What am I worried about? Yeah. Well, you know, it's all relative, my friend. It's all relative. So you take anyway. You you, you take um, Leslie out out to Seattle to visit your oldest son who moved away, and he's got his life out there. Everything's out there, and and you know you kind of want to tell him that you're gonna be moving in together, but you hesitated. What was that hesitation yeah. about? You know, it just didn't feel like the right moment. Um, and I, I don't know how to explain that any other way. 
Like, um, what were you worried about? You worried that, that he would judge you for it, or? Um, no, I didn't feel like he would judge me, but I think that, you know, when, when I'm of the belief that when, certainly when your children are younger, and at that time my son was mid-20s, uh, early 20s, um, that everything, and I don't mean this to sound in a way that there are, that they are narcissistic in some way, but everything mm-hmm. is about them. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, so what, when dad takes this step, what is that going to mean for him? Mm-hmm. And I was concerned that that might shake him up a little bit until I had more time to talk about it. I mean, um, what, they, they, don't they just automatically go to, well, who's going to get the money when you die? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've already told them I've decided to spend it all, so don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, I, and that, you know, you know, where am I going for Christmas and what am, you know, Yes. When am I going to see you? And where am I going to sleep when I come to visit? And do I have you know, to be nice to people? Of... And <laughs> yeah, all that and, good stuff. Um, so there you are, and you know yeah. your son and, and, and Leslie are getting along really well, and you guys are very comfortable. And you know she says something, and you blurt out and call her by your ex-wife's name, and everything stops. <laughs> yeah, that was a really. I think it was a tougher moment for me than it was for anybody else. Um, it was a comfort, you know, I, I, I related to it being a comfortable moment. Yeah. We were having um, some food at the place that we were staying with my son. Uh, and I, he was getting ready to leave because he lived right down the street. And uh, I had said something to the effect of, yeah, well, don't worry about it, Marie, or something like that. And, of course, her name is Leslie. And my son went, Nice, Dad. You know, um, <laughs> and, and, and Leslie was really uh, taken aback. But I yeah. think I was the one that was rattled the most. I was really troubled by it. Not because I had brought up Marie, but because I had sort of, in my back of my mind, maybe I haven't, hadn't gone the full step yet. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it at all. It was just a comfortable moment. Yeah. And it all felt good with my son there, and it was sort of like muscle memory. It is. It is. And, you know, I mean, I often call my kids by my dog's name. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not like you don't know who your kids are or uh, mix up one child with another. Like, you know who they are. It, but the brain is yeah. a funny thing. And, you know, like you just sometimes stuff comes out, and it's not – you don't mean it to, and, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. But – yeah, I mean, it probably it was muscle memory. You know, you associate one yeah, with I, another, and boom, there it is. Because you probably, it was the first time you ever called her Marie, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't mean you were thinking easy. about Marie at all. It was just, no, the, no, you said it for so many years. And, yeah, really. And that's, that scene is in the book because it, uh, because it, it, it kind of says that all those threads in our life don't go away. Yeah. Um, they're all, they're always there for some in some fashion. They've just taken a new form, and uh, you know, even and I had to come to grips with that. I had to kind of realize that oh, this isn't a this isn't a, a you know a hard end to a chapter. This is a this is kind of like chapters mixing. Um, and uh, you took it really hard, to... though. I mean, like you you got out of bed, you beat yourself up. You were like, oh, I'm oh, yeah. a piece of shit. I got. 
know, I should just kill myself now. Like you really took it hard. Yeah, I did. I, I felt I felt bad. Um, I got over it, but it took me a while. I have to admit, it took me a while. The last thing I think was over it in 24 hours. You know, next morning she was like, "What are you worried about?" Yeah. Um, and I give her a lot of credit for that, but um, it just it just was a weird moment for me. And I and I I would suspect that other people have fallen into that uh, same kind of scenario. Many Absolutely. Times yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's not unusual at all. So, yeah, I wouldn't even... Have you done it since? I don't think I have. If I have, I've been inadvertently and not even noticed it, but I don't think I have. I mean, Leslie would be the person to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you would know I, if you've I, done I, it. <laughs> She's like, yeah. you're making a habit of this, David. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if I'd have done it two or three more times in a row, that would have been a real issue. Um, yeah, then you'd be no, I don't, don't <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, whatever happened to that song that you were trying to write for her? Did you write it? Uh, I did, yeah, I did finish a, a, another song. Um, I, I, I'm still, I think, in a way, still working on it. Um, uh-huh. And it's, I think. But you wrote one song for her already, right? Right, right. The second song never really materialized, and very frankly, when I think about it now after I've written the book and I think back at that, it's because the relationship is still going on. It's almost like the song isn't going to get written and fully realized until we are fully realized. Well, what was and, the first song um, that you wrote about her about? Uh, was it, it was about, about her? Our, it was about her. It was called Under the Moon, and it was about um, sort of, it, it, the, the term comes from the first time I kissed her. We were uh-huh. outside at a restaurant, and the moon was out, and I remember that moment. And right. it was, but the song is really not, not about the first kiss. It's about um, our connection, and uh, either, either spiritually or mindfully or whatever it may have been. And so it was sort of Under the Moon. Uh, that we had sort of formed a bond that was beginning to be realized. wasn't realized yet. Right. Um, and that's what the song is about. That's what that song is about. Yeah. Okay. And so this next song, what were you trying to, what, where were you trying to go with it? Well, it's really about, uh, it's mostly about how unbelievably happy I am. Um, okay. I, I, she had, I know it sounds kind of trite and cliche, but it's very true. Um, she is, the, you know, the missing, she's the missing organ in my body. I mean, she really is. She's that connected to me. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it's, um, she has, you know, she's my best friend. She's my best critic. She's my best supporter. Um and I, you know, her not, I, you know, when I think of her not being there, uh, I used to think that I'd be pretty good alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't really feel that way anymore. Um, I, I, it would be very difficult not having her around. Uh, it really would. It's really, really, really difficult. Uh, and I always thought I was a pretty good alone person. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And I don't well, I'm happy for you. I, we all want that. 
You're very fortunate to have found it and recognized it and not be afraid of it. And especially in midlife, because people have gone through so much. They've been through marriages or bad marriages. And they go, oh, I don't need that anymore. I don't want that anymore. And, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I was scarred. You know, I've done it before. I don't need it anymore. And and yet, you know, like you've opened up your heart to it. And it's the best thing that, that you could have. So good for you yeah, for doing you that. Have, you have to remain vulnerable. I mean, you do because that's when that's how love connects. Yeah. Uh, I really believe that you, know, you can't be, and 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 again, very truthfully, and we and Leslie and I have talked about this. If we'd have met twenty years ago, we may not have liked each other. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, yeah, way, I've been there. I've been the there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we have less than a minute left. I just want to mention again, David. W. Burner, his book is called October Song. He's got a couple other books that are really great, too. You can go and look them up on Amazon.com. But www.davidwburner.com. Go to his website. Grab his book, October Song. Uh, hopefully, he'll record this song, and, and you'll be able to put it in your library. David, it's been a pleasure having you back again. Thanks so much, and I guess, you know, you're on the road <laughs> again. Well, Take care. Yeah, I can. But I, I, I appreciate it, Frankie. It's always great to talk to you. I really uh, enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. See Bye-bye. you next week.